Oh my goodness. Two no-hitters this in the same week hasn't happened in three years. Wow. Sweet. Wow. I mean, I might have to get another water bottle for this episode. A lot. Like, this is going to be a big-time episode to talk about. Welcome to 52 Weeks of MLB Baseball. I am your host, Dan Young, and thanks a lot for joining in for all my followers and all my supporters out there. Wow. Two no-hitters by Joe Musgrove and Carlos Rodon. The standings have been up and down, switching changes and all that stuff. Let's get into this episode. Thank you so much for Anderson Davis and... His friend, Josh Peterson, my good friend, Anderson Davis, for the swag intro. And his good friend, Josh Peterson, for this and also swag logo. Thank you both. Again, I'm going to shout you out for every episode on for that. Thank you a lot. And let's move on into this week. Again, I get it last week. Last, I'm still going to say this too. Last week, I know some people might have been offended a little bit by the rant I was going on on how MLB should not have moved it from the Georgia voting law, but I have nothing to do with politics in this in this podcast. I am just saying that the Georgia voting law should not affect how MLB does. I mean, it might sound like politics, but really, MLB, if they're wanting to support Hank Aaron, they should do it in Atlanta. I know some people were offended about that, but, but, I'm still very sorry for Atlanta Braves fans. You should have the chance to celebrate Hank Aaron in your home ballpark. But I did get news. I did get word out about news, though, that some news stations, I'm not going to name any, some news stations did come out and actually, actually going to threaten MLB for asking the same question or just pound the players after every game to ask the same question. Why? Why, what do you think about the MLB not moving from Georgia to a different the, moving the All Star Game from Georgia? And with the and with, in today's world, the players of any sport have have very much got a voice higher than some of most of us. So that would be a big target hit for the MLB, and I kind of understand it. But still, I'm sorry, Brace fans. I feel for you, and and I kind of take it the same way. What if Ohio had a different law that they changed and we had the chance to host the MLB all-star game and it got moved because of that. Yeah. I mean, it would suck. So, but anyway, I know a couple people did not like that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I'm not here to talk about politics. I'm here to talk about why, what the MLB should do and not do. So, and to give you weekly updates. So saying that let's get into this episode. Holy cow, man. For the first time in three years, last time was 2018, two no-hitters were thrown in the same week. Joe Musgrove from the San Diego Padres and Carlos Rodon from the Chicago White Sox. And here's another thing about this, too. Joe Musgrove, and I cannot tell you, both no-hitters were storybook amazing. Like, both no-hitters were storybook 
just were just storybook endings because they were absolutely good. Joe Musgrove throws the first no-hitter in San Diego Padres history. History. Um, and that now makes every major league team has now thrown has now had a pitcher who has thrown at least one no hitter. Go figure. Joe Musgrove though, uh, and it, it, again, not it could not be any more storybook. Joe Musgrove grew up in San Diego, grew up a San Diego Padres fan. He loved this. He loved the San Diego Padres, and he wears number forty four Jake for Jake Peavy who was the last Cy Young winner for the Padres, his favorite player. And then from that trade, from the Pirates to the Padres, and he comes out and he throws a no-hitter? I mean, you cannot get any better than that. That is absolutely amazing. And it was just absolutely fun to watch. I watched the recap of it, and it was amazing. He almost had a perfect game. Just missed it by one batter. He hit Joey Gallo. But still... First no-hitter in Padres history, Joe Musgrove throws it, and it can't be any better a kid from San Diego who grew up a Padres fan. It just can't get any better than that. Then you have Carlos Rodon. Carlos Rodon, if you didn't remember him, eight, nine years ago was the top prospect in, pitching prospect in the MLB. Top pitching prospect in the MLB. He's been with the Chicago White Sox for his entire career. But what gets it here is that Carlos Rodon has not really found his way into that top tier pitching. He's had elbow problems. He's had surgeries, Tommy John surgery. And after those elbow surgeries, he had shoulder injuries. Had to get shoulder surgeries all on his left shoulder. Only pitched seven games, seven games in 2019. And only pitched in two games in 2020. And this is his second start of the season. And he throws a no-hitter. He has a zero ERA. You cannot get any more storybook than that. Carlos Rodon throws it against the Cleveland Indians in Chicago. Joe Musgrove was against the Texas Rangers in Texas. And it could not get any better than that. Carlos Rodon, Joe Musgrove, the guy, those guys have been through a lot. And they absolutely came up with the most storybook no-hitters that you could find out there. Could not be any better. And it it it's a lot, too, since we haven't had no-hitter since Lucas Giolito from last year. And actually, Carlos Rodon was two outs away from a, no, from a no-hitter perfect game. And he hit Roberto Perez in the foot from the Cleveland Indians. It was on top of his – it was on top of his right foot. It was – I mean, it, it kind of hurts you as a baseball fan because we haven't had a perfect game in nine years, and that's when Carlos Rodon was actually considered a top pitching prospect in the major leagues. Nine years, 2012, we have not had a perfect game. In 2012, Felix Hernandez threw the perfect game for the Seattle Mariners against the Baltimore Orioles, and we haven't had a perfect game since, and it's been so long that you're like, we got to have one. And with these two starts and with these two no-hitters that they threw, where both of them came one batter away from a perfect game, we might actually have a perfect game this season, and I'm calling it out. We might actually have one this season. And I have some pitchers in mind who have been some who have been starting up to actually starting up and actually looking really good that they could throw a perfect game. Now again, 
should I go with the prediction for it? I don't know because as my predictions are, you know, they're basically what you call the cow's moo. They're some they can be good. They can be good. Some some of them I think are pretty good, but I'm just gonna give you my top ones who I think might be able to have that chance to throw a perfect game. Johnny Cueto from the San Francisco Giants, he's one of them. And not just because I, I'm i looking at Johnny Cueto, not just because he was a former Red, but he is finally starting to find that spot, like that 2014 Johnny Cueto that I saw that we had at, at when he was a Cincinnati Red, and he's starting to find it. He is actually pitching fairly well, and he looks to be actually going back to actual Johnny Cueto. He is pitching really well. He's on the IL now, possibly for hopefully only a week, but look out for that guy to do it. And then Tyler Malley. Tyler Malley, and I'm not also saying this because he's Cincinnati Red, but Tyler Malley has a chance to throw a perfect game as well, I think, because in his last two starts, at least through his first four innings, sometimes five, he's had no hits. He's given up no hits in his last two starts. Now, last start, though, four no-hit innings, and then he gave up a bunch of runs the fifth inning. If he can get through the fifth inning and get through that order with nothing on him, he might have that chance. Trevor Bauer, the Los Angeles Dodgers. Man, I'm going up against, like, a bunch of Reds and former Reds here. Wow. Uh, Trevor Bauer for the Los Angeles Dodgers, and I'm just saying this, too, not only because he's a former Red, but also he has been dominant lately. He has not given up. He's given up only a couple of runs, but when he goes out there, it's like his first seven innings are absolutely no-hit baseball or one-hit baseball. He's an absolute beast out there, and again, look for him to possibly pitch that perfect game. It, he might actually get it, and then he's also very under the radar, dark horse Cy Young candidate, and he's on that track again to get to have that chance. Another guy I thought about as well, Joe Ross from the Washington Nationals. He has a zero ERA. He's given the only problem with him though is that he gives up a couple of hits. He doesn't really get through an inning, you know, shutout inning at all. But I think he has a chance as well. So those are my four guys I think might have a chance to do it. Again, my predictions is what you would call as the cow's moo. It it could be good. It could be bad. Who knows? All right. Let's move on to the standings from this past week. Wow, a lot of standing changes here in this past week. We got the AL East. The Boston Red Sox are leading it with with nine wins and four losses. The Red Sox finally turned it up. They've gone through a six-game winning streak. They are absolutely amazing. They lost yesterday to the Twins. Oh, well. On a walk-off single, though, so it's not that bad. Number two, the Toronto Blue Jays, six wins, seven losses. Number three, the New York Yankees, five wins, seven losses. Number four, the Baltimore Orioles, five wins, eight losses. Number five will be the Tampa Bay Rays, five wins, eight losses. The AL East is looking to shape up as more of the, you could probably have one front runner in the entire time. The Yankees are surprisingly have a losing record right now, which is not usual for the Yankees. They are more of the of the ones who are top in that list, but they have had a couple of different injuries. Their defense is not so good. Their offense can be good sometimes, but right now the Boston Red Sox are surprising everybody right now. And, you know, I'm glad for that. I really am. I'm glad for that. And secretly I'm a Boston Red Sox fan because 
I mean, just the stuff they've done. I'm glad for them to be in first place. Moving on, AL Central. We got number one, the Kansas City Royals with seven wins and four losses. I told you. I told you, okay? I told you the Royals were going to be a sneaky team. They got Andrew Benintendi. They got Carlos Santana. They got Mike Miner and free agency, and they are a sneaky team definitely for sure. Their young talent is showing up, and they are number one in the division. If they can keep this up, they could be a – they could be the most sneakiest team out there in the major leagues. Number two, the Cleveland Indians, seven wins, five losses. Number three, the Chicago White Sox, six wins, seven losses. Number four, the Detroit Tigers, the same record. And number five, the Minnesota Twins, with the same record as the Tigers and White Sox, six wins, seven losses. The the AL Central right now might be the closest division that we've got. Uh, the NL Central, I can give the NL Central and the AL West might be closer, but the AL Central, though they've always been close, they've always been close. I can since I can remember, they've they've gone out there and they've given you a wild card and a division win at the same time. Interest. It'll be an interesting year for the AL Central to see how they do. Moving on, AL West. Surprisingly, the Seattle Mariners at number one with eight wins and five losses. Yep, with even without King Felix, they can do pretty well. Even without James Paxton. They can do very well. You say Kikuchi has been coming up clutch for the Seattle Mariners. You've got Kyle Seeger also coming up clutch. Their young talent is amazing. Taylor Trammell, oh my gosh, I can't believe we left him. He has been absolutely good for the Mariners. I can't believe we gave him up, man. But I guess, I mean, when you trade Taylor Trammell to the pot, to the, uh, when you trade Taylor Trammell to the Padres in exchange, you got. In a three-team trade, we got back Trevor Bauer, gave us our first Cy Young in Cincinnati, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but still, Taylor Trammell, a great talent. I The guy is so nice. I met him in Dayton. I met him in Dayton one time, got his autograph, and the guy is so nice. And he is hes going to be one of those guys that's going to be a top-tier player, and I, I just can't wait to see it because he can hit the ball really well. Moving on for the rest of the division, at number two, the Los Angeles Angels, seven wins, five losses. Number three, the Houston Astros, six wins, six losses. At number four, the Oakland Athletics, six wins, seven losses. And number five, Texas Rangers, six wins, seven losses. Wow. The Oakland Athletics went from the Jacksonville Jaguars of the league to one of the mediocre teams now. I'm going to say like Dallas Cowboys. They are they're, They actually made a huge jump this past week. And you know what I'm noticing? Every every of my division winners that I've picked are in third place. Like the Yankees that I pitched, picked from the AL East division winners, third place. Chicago White Sox in the AL Central, third place. And the Houston Astros in the AL West, third place. It, it, <laughs> that is a uh, that's a little interesting. Kind of you know, kind of weird. All right, so let's move on to the NL. Division standings, yeah, the NL division standings. Not a lot has changed, but um, we'll kind of talk about it as we go. NL East, we got number one, the New York Mets, with five wins, three losses. Jacob DeGrom has been pitching really well. Marcus Stroman is pitching really well. The only thing, though, is that the Mets offense – can be up sometimes and then can be down sometimes. That might be their only downfall for the rest of the season. But still look to them to be a powerhouse team sort of most 
you know, most likely be a powerhouse team. At number two, the Philadelphia Phillies, six wins, six losses. At number three, the Miami Marlins with five wins and seven losses. Number four, the Atlanta Braves, five wins, eight losses. And number five will be the Washington Nationals with three wins and seven losses. My pick for the division was Atlanta, but Atlanta has been absolutely doing bad lately. They lost Max Freed. They've lost Mike Soroka. Their ace is Ian Anderson right now, who, I mean, he's a rookie. I guess you can say Charlie Morton, but really it's more of Ian Anderson. They lost Christian Pache. They've had so many injuries, and it's not even funny. It might not be. My prediction might not go well for them winning the World Series um, (laughs) this upcoming year. All right, let's move on. NL Central, number one. Cincinnati Reds, seven wins and five losses. Yep, the Reds actually lost two straight series in a row they've gotten the win in the first games but then they've lost the last two they are not really uh, uh, impressing me like they did in the first week they're they're just they're slowing down hopefully they don't dig themselves into a deep hole i think it's just because they're on the road great american ballpark it's a lot better a lot better atmosphere but i'm not sure what's going on with them they're it's the bullpen it's really the bullpen the bullpen blows up blows it up so much and when you have the bullpen show up the offense doesn't show up and when you have the offense show up the bullpen doesn't show up so it's kind of a change back and forth and man the only guy good guys we have out there are Amir Garrett TJ Antone and surprisingly Carson Fulmer Carson Fulmer's only given up like a couple runs already this season but like he's one of the better guys out there all right, let's move on to the rest of the division. Number two, the Milwaukee Brewers, seven wins, five losses. Number three, the St. Louis Cardinals, six wins, six losses. Number four, Chicago Cubs, five wins, seven losses. And at number five is the Pittsburgh Pirates, five wins, eight losses. Wow, Pittsburgh actually showed up this past week after getting swept by the Reds. They're sh- they're showing that they are a pretty good team, and it might be a- it might be interesting to see how they do for the rest of the season. Moving on to the NL West at number one, the Los Angeles Dodgers, 11 wins, two losses. Nothing said here. They're the Dodgers. Moving on. Number two, the San Francisco Giants at eight wins, four losses. Number three, the San Diego Padres, nine wins, five losses. Number four, the Arizona Diamondbacks, five wins, eight losses. And at number five, the Jacksonville Jaguars of the league, the Colorado Rockies at three wins and ten losses. Yep, three wins, ten losses. They beat out the Washington Nationals since the Nationals only have seven losses and three wins. And the Rockies only have three wins and ten losses. But anyway, NOS, though, not really close except for up in the top of the division with the Giants, Padres, and Dodgers. The Giants getting a series win against the Reds. Good for them. And then the Padres, they're going to be going up against the Dodgers, so that should be a fun series to watch. Let's move on to statistical leaders in the league. Wow, different different changes here as well. We got batting average is the same from the Chicago White Sox. Your mean Mercedes with a 476 batting average. He might actually be a rookie of the year candidate, and he might actually be win the rookie of the year. He is absolutely doing amazing right now. Home runs, we've got not Tyler Naquin anymore. Not Tyler Naquin anymore. It is Atlanta's Ronald Acuna Jr. with seven home runs. The guy has been going off lately. He might actually have a chance to win the MVP. I'm hoping still it's Juan Soto because I like Juan Soto, young talent, but 
would not be surprised if Ronald Cunha Jr. shows up this season and wins, steals the MVP. RBIs, we got J.D. Martinez with 16 RBIs. Wow, J.D. Martinez showed up this past week, hit three home runs against the Baltimore Orioles. He was absolutely amazing. He did hit four home runs with the Arizona Diamondbacks a couple years ago against the Dodgers. But J.D. Martinez, though, 16 RBIs. He has been showing up. He's an RBI machine, and that's good for the that's good for Boston. They need they need those tally marks up, and hopefully they can keep themselves in the front of the division. Stolen bases. We got Ramon Laureano with eight stolen bases. Yeah, eight stolen bases in like the first few games for Ramon Laureano, and he is absolutely fast out there. No one's expecting him to do this, and yet he is. He is doing really well right now in the stolen base category, and I mean, that's good. Uh, the Oakland Athletics, they need someone who can steal bases. So let's go to the pitching side of the statistics. We got wins. Connor Broken from the Philadelphia Phillies, Aaron Savalli with the Cleveland Indians, and Yasmiro Petit from the Oakland Athletics, all in a three-way tie for three wins. Connor Broken has not gotten a win since. He's more uh, the bullpen kind of guy. Aaron Savalli has been absolutely amazing for the Indians right now. He has been showing up, getting those wins, and he is looking more and more like a dark horse kind of ace guy. And Yasmiro Petit, I have been going off about him like to anybody for the past several years he has been a force to be reckoned with no one has actually seen how what he can do and Yasmira Petit hopefully can show that to everybody ERA we got two tied for this one Carlos Rodon from the Chicago White Sox and Joe Ross from the Washington Nationals who I both uh both of them are looking really good underrated really Carlos Rodon again no hitter zero ERA he has not given up a run yet Joe Ross is starting to look like the Joe Ross that the Washington Nationals wanted him to be. That's good. The Nationals need all the pitching that they can get. Only three wins, so hopefully that will go good for them. Maybe we'll actually get an ERA candidate who has not had a zero ERA. We got strikeouts next. K's with Shane Bieber, Cleveland, front with 35 K's. Shane Bieber Again, he's he's looking like him Cy Young, Cy Young self. He's just giving up the runs sometimes, but he's striking out a whole lot of batters, man. Like that's the only reason he's getting you fantasy points in baseball right now, is that he's striking out a whole bunch of batters. Tacked up against Lucas Giolito, goes nine innings, shutout baseball. So does Lucas Giolito. Oh my gosh, that was such a good game to watch, and it was neck and neck and that's what you call a pitching performance right there from both guys they deserve the win but Chicago came out in front Beaver did not get the win but man nine innings just shut out baseball you just cannot get any better than that walks hits per innings pitch or as I like to call it whip Corbin Burns from the Milwaukee Brewers with 0.22 ERA Corbin Burns is suddenly emerging as a top pitcher in the league he actually might be a Cy Young candidate and there was an article on MLB.com on how he went from like an eight something ERA to a Cy Young candidate. And Corbin Burns is a potential Cy Young winner because he is absolutely dealing. And I saw this last year with his spark last year. I'm like, this guy might have an outbreak from 2021. And he is. Saves category. This is very surprising. If you don't remember this guy, he's. He used to be with the Dodgers last year. 
and the San Francisco Giants, Jake McGee with six. Yeah, I remember when Jake McGee was on the Colorado Rockies, and he would come in against the Cincinnati Reds, and that was it. I mean, no, no one could hit off of him. No one could hit off of him, and then again, back then, the Reds couldn't hit off anybody. But no one could hit off of him, and Jake McGee is finally coming back. I like the way this guy pitches, sidearm style, and he's an absolutely good closer for the Giants. Good for them. They need it. And I'm just surprised that Jake McGee is leading in, you know, safes category. Other news around before we get to games to watch. Former Ohio State Buckeye, Ronnie Dawson, made his MLB debut for the Houston Astros. He went one for three and with two runs. Ronnie Dawson, uh, wow, like I forgot about him. He was drafted in the 2016 round. He was drafted in the 2016 second round. Came up for the Astros. The Astros have been having a bunch of, you know, injuries and stuff. Came up for them. Made his MLB debut. Let's go Buckeyes there, man. Like, you got to have some Ohio State pride there because Ronnie Dawson, former Ohio State Buckeye. And, again, for the Buckeyes, you got a lot of people in football and basketball. But, man, you don't have a lot of people in baseball. So, this means a lot here. So, that's good for him. Good that he can go out there and make his MLB debut. All right, let's move on to MLB games to watch. We got three headliners going into this week, three series headliners going into this week. Should be a good good sum to watch. First of all, Cleveland Indians at Cincinnati Reds at 10 p.m. For the for the Indians will be Logan Allen, who is one and one with a 2.70 ERA and eight Ks. He'll go up against Jeff Hoffman, who is also one and one with 3.86 ERA and eight Ks. Man, Jeff Hoff- Jeff Hoffman, though, I mean, like every time he goes out there, he scares me. But he get like gets my heart rate up because he can be a good pitcher sometimes, and then sometimes he can absolutely blow the thing up. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Logan Allen is also for the Indians a top prospect, so. Hopefully he can do well as well. They're both seven and five, by the way, so it should be a good matchup. Next game to watch: the Toronto Blue Jays at the Kansas City Royals at eight ten p.m. Stephen Matz, who Stephen Matz will go for the Blue Jays, Cy Young candidate, two wins. He's, here's a stat line: he's got two wins and no losses. Two wins, no losses. One point four six ERA, thirteen Ks. He'll go up against Mike Miner, who's got one win and no losses, four point five zero ERA and nine Ks. The Royals have a seven and four record. The Blue Jays have a six and seven record. Yep, they got a six and seven record. Should be a good game to watch. Steven Matz, a Cy Young candidate. He is looking very good for the Toronto Blue Jays. Again, I would not be surprised if he goes out there and pitches dominantly again. And the last but not least game that you should watch, very not least, last but not least game you should watch. The Los Angeles Dodgers at the San Diego Padres at 10, 10 p.m. if you're still up by them, Eastern Standard Time. Walker Buehler, who is 1-0 with 1.50 ERA and 8Ks, will go up against Randy, not Randy, Ryan Weathers, who is about the same way as Walker Buehler, with one, who is 1-0 with a 3, 1.50 ERA also and 7Ks. They are basically neck and neck. Like the Both pitchers are basically neck and neck and the same. Both have one win. Both have the same ERA. Walker Buehler has one more strikeout than Ryan Weathers. It should be a fantastic game since the Dodgers, 11, who are 11-2, will go up against the Padres, who are 9-5. Both are high 
octane power offenses. Both are really good at pitching. Should be an absolute madhouse of a game. I cannot wait to see how these games go. It's like two Titans going up against each other. Should be a good game. Well, that is all that I have got for you today. Next week, let's see what will happen. Week 16, this is our 15th week. So again, I would thank all my subscribers out there and all of the supporters that I have out there. Thank you for being supportive of me. And thank you for tuning in to listen to this podcast and listen to me to talk about baseball. Even though some of you might actually not actually know what that is. Now, what what true baseball is, but I feel safe that all of you know what I'm talking about. Thank you so much for tuning in. It's been an honor 15 weeks in. It's been a long 15 weeks. I will see you next time. This has been, my name is Ian Young, the host of 52 Weeks of MLB Baseball.